Welcome to the Small Business Big Life Podcast. My name is Derek Van Ness, and I'm the lead wealth strategist and founder at Big Life Financial, where we use innovative tax and financial strategies to help business owners keep more of the money they make and be a whole lot smarter at growing it. We believe every person has something unique and valuable to bring to the world, but far too often money stops them from sharing those gifts. We're here to fix that problem by helping people get money out of the way so they can unleash their full potential on the world. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll even reveal how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet. So let's get this thing started now. Well, welcome everybody. It's Derek Van Ness here for another fascinating episode on the Small Business Big Life Podcast. And I'm really excited today. We're going to be talking about some things that I believe impact just about every single one of us walking the planet. So if you're not walking the planet, this may not apply to you. You can stop listening now. But otherwise, I think you're going to really enjoy this. Today, my guest is Julie Allen. And Julie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. I think you do a ton of meaningful work. So for people who aren't familiar with who you are and what you're up to in the world, can you just take 30 seconds, tell us who you are as a person, what your business is, what you do, and how people can connect with you if they love all the dazzling things you're about to share with us. Awesome. Thank you. So my name is Julie. I am the CEO at Mary Rose Northwest Boutique, which is a size inclusive, body positive, self-love, women empowering, women clothing boutique. We have a brick and mortar store located in downtown Oregon City, which is just outside of Portland, Oregon. Um, But we also run quite a bit online as well. And I also am the founder at the Mary Rose Foundation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that I started almost three years ago now that helps fund treatment for people suffering with eating disorders. I struggled with anorexia and bulimia for about 15 years growing up in and out of treatment that entire time. And I've been in recovery now for almost a decade, a little over a decade now. So it is now my mission to not only increase awareness for eating disorders, decrease the stigmas around mental health, and just empower people in all bodies to love themselves as they are. Um, Instagram is the best place to find us. We're just on there as Mary Rose NW, like Northwest Boutique. So Mary Rose NW Boutique is the best place to find us. Fantastic. Um, wow. There's a, there's a lot there and I'm sure we're yeah. going to get into that in a minute, but before we do that, I always like to ask, you know, you've had quite a journey, mm-hmm. uh, both in the business world and personally, if you could give a piece of advice to help someone be successful, or if there's a piece of advice that's really helped you along the way, what would you share with the listeners? The biggest thing that I've found that has helped in my business is having having the foundation and you don't have to have a foundation, but what that, what that does for me is it provides that deeper meaning. Like business is hard. There are some days where you just don't want to do it anymore. Right. We've all been there as entrepreneurs. We know that feeling of like, you're tired, you push and you push and you push. And sometimes, you know, it sucks. Like you're going to fail a lot before you succeed. And, you know, it's all just a big old jumbled up mess sometime. But what keeps me going on those hard days 
is having the foundation, is having a deeper meaning behind my business. And that really gets me through those hard days of, okay, you know, I really am focused on making a difference in the world, affecting it and affecting change in a very positive way. So having that deeper goal to your business is very, very important in my opinion. <laughs> Listen, I was a, a purpose coach for business owners for six or seven oh, years and very worked, cool. worked with thousands of them. And that's what I concluded is no matter what the business is, mm-hmm. no matter what your circumstances are, there are going to be some days that it's just not worth the money. And if you're in it for the money, you're going to give up, you're going to quit, you're going to walk away. And guess what you get to do at that point? Start all over again with something else. And the worst part is usually then you feel like you're behind and you have to go for the money and you can't do the purposeful thing. And it becomes this this downward spiral for people. So I love that you're leading with, you know, really wanting to make a difference in the world Mm -hmm. because I think that's the the key. It gets you through the hard times, uh, the financial hard times, especially to get to where you really can stabilize and you can build that foundation, even though you're talking yeah. about a different kind of foundation, but really, really become excellent and have the depth of what you do. So that's super cool. Yeah. It, it you know, failure is inevitable. It's, it's, it's how we learn. It's how we grow. It's like, we have to try things in order to, you know, know what our next step is. And, you know, that can get to a person after a while, but like it, it's hard. It's hard to fail so many times. Right. But if you, you got to keep getting back up and having that purpose behind what you're doing is so important. Absolutely. I, I think of it as when you when you have purpose, it's like you're internally driven. So you're powered from within. And if you don't have that, like eventually the battery just runs out. Right. But if you mm-hmm. have this battery that recharges itself as you go, you, you really can get through that. So exactly. I, I, I love that. So I want to find out a little bit, Julie, I'm always interested in how people got into what they're into. Now, although your story is unique and personal for you, like certainly the things that you went through that caused you to say, Hey, this eating disorder situation is, is major and it Mm -hmm. needs to be addressed. Like, I don't think that's uncommon. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't even want to theorize on what percentage of women, but probably much higher than we want to admit struggle with this. What what caused you to take that from a personal struggle and and decide you know what we're going to do something about this we're going to make it into a business I'm really interested in that transition because a lot of people don't choose to do that Yeah so I've been in recovery now for about 10 years when I first you know when I was first initially starting my recovery process I wanted nothing to do with talking about eating disorders talking about diet culture no I was trying to get as far away from that as possible right so it has taken me about a decade to get to the point where I'm at now where I'm able to really step into that role as an activist for eating disorder awareness but my background in like professionally I am I actually was a physical therapist for uh, five, I think I was licensed for maybe five years or so, right? And then I had a baby. I had my first son four years ago. He just turned four. And when I, after I had him, I did not want to go back to work uh, in, because I worked in uh, post-acute rehab. So I was just uh, like hospitals and there were a lot of germs and it was just scheduling. And I just did not want to go back to that. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, I was at home for a little while, but I went clothes shopping six weeks after I had my first baby. Mm. Which I had no idea that that was an absolutely horrible decision. Right. 
Oh, I went clothes shopping and I was in the fitting room and I just remember bawling, sitting in there, like trying clothes on. My newborn baby was screaming and I was so, I felt so bad about myself, right? Mm, mm, Yeah, the messages that I got in that fitting room, in those stores where that something was wrong with my body because something didn't fit me. Right. Not that I just had a baby six weeks ago. No, none of that. Something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with your body. So my husband was actually with us on that trip. And I said to him, I turned to him and I said, Hey honey, I'm going to open up a clothing boutique that is going to be different. We're going to be size inclusive. We're going to be body positive. There's not going to be any of this diet culture crap and all bodies are welcome and all bodies are going to feel beautiful. So that was six weeks after I had my first baby and I opened the boutique a year later. So I spent that first year of his life, you know, enjoying being a mom for the first time, but also really planning and working on strategy to launch the business when he turned one. So yeah, yeah. there was a need, there was a need for a place to go for people to shop that's not focused on, you know, your size zero mannequins. Like it's, it's unrealistic. It's unacceptable. So I did it. Yeah, it's amazing that there's all these problems out there, right? And until you like fall face first into them, like you don't even know they exist, right? Like if somebody told you that it existed, you go, oh, that makes sense. That is a real problem. But when you walk around day to day, these things just go right by you. They're just invisible. Mm -hmm. And then you find yourself face down in a a dressing room crying and you're like, what? So many tears. So many tears. And I have, I have one rule at the boutique for all the clients that come in. There's no crying in the fitting room, no <laughs> crying in the fitting room. Cause as I, again, I can, I can only speak for women in this experience, but I can tell you that most women who I've talked to have had that moment where they're in the fitting room and nothing is fitting and they cry, right? Like crying in the dressing room just happens as women. And that, it, that's not the way it is in, in my, in my shop. No. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you a, a little bit of a tricky question here. So there's there's genuine body love, and then there's the put on the face, pretend like I'm happy, pretend like I'm fine, but underneath my skin's crawling, I'm not comfortable in my own skin. Like, how do you guys work with and address that? Because I think that's a whole other thing, right? Like this whole pretend it's okay, pretend you love yourself. People don't want to say they're pretending, but, but they know they are deep down. How, how do you help that with, uh, with positive body image? Cause I think it's a huge thing. It is. That is a really good question. Um, so there is a difference between body love and body acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. My goal for most people for myself in particular is more on the body acceptance side, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I am not out there saying that you have to love everything about yourself. That is, that is not the goal that it's too far of a reach, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like in only 4% of women in our society consider themselves beautiful. 4%. That's crazy. Yeah. So to go from that point to, I love my body and I love the whatever the cellulite, the, this, the, that, like it's too far, it's too far of a reach. And so I aim for more of that middle ground with people. It's like, okay, you don't have to love every inch of yourself, but this is, this is where we are. Mm -hmm. You are beautiful in 
in all respects, in all regards. And we need to accept, like you need to accept your body. And also another thing that I really like to tell people is that loving your body is not a feeling. It's an action. So, you know, again, feelings are fleeting, right? Like whether feelings change, they always are changing, but the actions, the actions of how we are showing up for our bodies, how we are nourishing them, how we are honoring their needs, recognize the need and honor it. That is what loving your body really is about actions. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. And I'll tell you, like being a purpose coach, one of the things I discovered is everybody's looking like, I want to discover my purpose, right? Like it's this thing that's like in a backpack somewhere and you just need to rummage through until you find it. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually purpose is created through Mm -hmm. like you're saying action. Like if you fell in love with yoga, you didn't like show up and go, yoga is my thing. What happened is you went to a yoga class because everybody said it was cool and you did a little bit and you're like, oh, I kind of like this. And then you came back and you did a little more and maybe you bought a mat and you invested just a little more yourself into it. Mm-hmm. And then you took some more classes and you thought, Kyle, oh, I'm going to these classes. Maybe I should stretch a little bit after or before. And like the more you put into yourself, the more connected you got to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what you're saying is the same thing with this body love. The more you take care of yourself from an action, the more invested you really become and the more that you really do truly fall in love with with your body or at least in acceptance with your body. Exactly. Yeah. It just, it's too far of a stretch, you know, Mm -hmm. like in our society, there's so much emphasis on looking a certain way and fitting into this box or that box. And that's a whole nother conversation, but sure, sure, sure. Sure. (laughs) you know, it's too far. It's too far for most people to really look at themselves and say that they love their body. But what we do, what we all can do is honor it, honor our bodies for what, whatever it is asking for, you know, there's basics, there's food, there's movement, there's sleep, there's water. Like those are our most basic needs. And a lot of people, like I'm a, I'm a mom, right? Like I have Mm -hmm. a three-year-old and then I have a 10 month old during a pandemic, right? (laughs) So there's many times where it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten all day. Right. And so, you know, for me showing up and like loving myself, loving my body is saying, okay, Hey, wait a second. I'm going to go take five minutes and eat a sandwich or something. You know, that's, it's, it's very small, very practical things on how we actually love our bodies. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And I think Jordan Peterson in one of his books, uh, he talks about one of the chapters is treat yourself like somebody you care about, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you would treat another person, you would take care of another person, you would feed them, you would right, right like you do with your kids. So he, he really asks you to kind of step out of yourself mm-hmm. and stop doing this self-sabotage, self-sacrifice stuff, but really saying, Hey, take care of yourself. Like you're somebody that you care about, like you would do for another individual. And I thought that was a really cool way to say it. And what you were saying was, was reminding me of that same idea of, of doing that. So really cool. So here's a question. You've obviously got a business. This is something you're passionate about. How do you go about taking a movement, taking um, something like this and, and turning it into a business? It's a very tricky thing because I think Mm -hmm. it is really emotional for people and you want to have the impact, but you also have to make money. And I think a lot of people start passion businesses, but they're not able to bridge that gap very well, right? They get so much in the giving and caring 
and not so much in the making some money so that this can continue to existing. So how how have you guys been able to do that? It's very, it is, it is tricky. I want to start off by saying that that is a completely, that is so incredibly true. And I'll tell you for me personally, I, there's, there's two extreme, there's two ends of the spectrum, right? Like give, 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 make the money. Right. Yeah. Personally, I land on the give, give, give side, right? Happens a lot. My husband and business partner is more over here. The team that I have chosen to surround myself with, our general manager, our assistant manager, all of our stylists in store, the people that work for the foundation, they all lean more towards the make the money side, right? Within, within, um, right, variability. But so that balance, like I know that about myself, like I, I am fully aware that if I, it was my choice, like everybody would have everything. Like, it's just, it's me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also know that that's not a way to run a business. So I have strategically hired people and placed people in the business that serve that role way better than I do, right? Like I'm going to stay over here in my zone of genius, which is speaking and getting that message out there of no more diet culture, love and accept yourself as you are. And I'm going to rely on my team over here to really help me dive into those numbers and make sure that we are still running a profitable business so I can do all the things I am passionate about. So get yourself a team that balances you out is my my best advice on that one. I think that's a brilliant answer because it is difficult. I, I have a tendency to err on the side of care, care, care. Mm-hmm. And people close to me are like, you know, you give too much. You need to get mm-hmm. a little more paid. And thankfully I make plenty of money, but mm-hmm. you know, that took longer than it probably needed to, to really build up for me. Uh, yeah. So I, I totally relate with it. And having good coaches and people around me is really what helped me to make that transition. So I yeah. completely, completely understand. And, and I love your answer. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to change who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, um, philanthropy, all that stuff, like makes, makes the business successful. It yeah. does by having that mission. But I also completely recognize that I find the accountant meetings horribly boring <laughs> and my husband, my business partner better take care of those or else, you know, I mean, it's just a find what you're good at and hire the rest. That's kind of what, um, I land on when it comes to my philosophy on that one. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm really happy that you've been able to find the right people. So um, a couple of things that I want to dig in on. I know you mentioned to me that you have a book coming out. So tell us a little bit about the book, what inspired it, what's it about, and how does that tie into the business? Like, is that a business move? Is that a just a passion move? What's that about? So I have a book called The Courage to Hope. It is coming out by the end of the year, which I am. I actually finished it in at the end of 2019. And then 2020 wow. happened. So I was like, well, let's just wait a minute. So I waited a minute. And now and now we're at that point where I'm getting ready to, um, to launch it, which is very exciting to me. But it is a, a memoir slash self-help book. So I do dive into my struggles with anorexia, bulimia, self-injury, like all those things. I do dive into all that. But on the flip side of it, I provide very practical advice for how people can switch their mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So practical advice for how people can get from point A to point B, right? Like the mm-hmm. all, all the chapters are entitled things titled, excuse me, things like self-hate to self-love, 
So how did I get from this point of hating myself, wanting to die, to the point where I am now, of where I genuinely love myself, have a family, have a business, have a nonprofit? How did I actually do that? What does that look like, practically speaking? Mm-hmm. So that's what the book is, right? Like it's a combination of me sharing little bits about my story and then on the flip side of it, telling people how I actually did it, right? Mm-hmm. And is it a business move or a passion move? Both. And that is what a lot of the things that I do are both Uh the foundation, the greater mission behind everything that we do is a huge part of my marketing strategy. Like I, I lead with that on most things, Uh right? Like Uh anybody who walks into our physical storefront and anybody who goes to our website on that homepage, they are going to see things about anti-diet culture. They are going to see things about our foundation and, you know, by the end of the year, they will see, see things about my book as well. So leading with the mission, leading with the foundation, all those things, it's both, right? Like uh-huh. it's a business move. And then it's also definitely fills my bucket as well. So I'm very, very excited for it to come out by the end of the year. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's very much like Simon Sinek talks about, right? Start with why. Mm-hmm. And he, he basically says, when you're, when you're talking, your marketing is, I believe dot, 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 right? And you talk about what you believe and all these other things. And oh, by the way, we happen to provide clothing Mm -hmm. that is body positive and allows people to feel great and what they're, you know, in their skins and that kind of thing. Um, And I'm I'm using my language, not your language, but the idea of, like you said, leading with your your story. Stories are also super, super powerful. And listen, who, who can't see themselves, even if you're a man, and you've never struggled with this, who can't see yourself in a, in a story about somebody who did, who really hated themselves at one point. I think everybody uh, has had that moment where we feel like we failed and we suck and we probably don't deserve to, to take up too much space on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think that's a very universal, universal thing. So, so what would you say to people who maybe are stuck in a tough place um, and, and think, oh, all this fluffy mindset stuff, like it sounds great and everything, but I live in the real world, right? right. Like, like, you know, there's a lot of that out there, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You say all this positive stuff right. and whatever, but like deep down, do you really believe, what would you say to those people? Because I'm sure you've been that person on some level at some point, what did you have to choose or what was the the turning point for you uh, mindset wise? Excuse me. That was a funny question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, at the end of the day, like some days still suck. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be the first to admit that. Like I say all this stuff, like some days I really don't like myself. Some days really don't like my body. It's very, very normal, but you have to keep going. You have to keep your eye on the end goal, right? Like you just have to. And so Yeah, there are some days that still suck. There are some days that it's all fluff, but you know what? Show up authentically and speak truth and your message will get out there and you will be okay. Like you will be okay. Just keep showing up, keep doing your thing. And one day, one day, maybe you will love yourself and go to therapy. I am a huge proponent of therapy. Go to therapy. (laughs) Honestly, I have this whole theory about 
therapy and without going too deep into it, like I was proposing this idea to my, my parents the other day, I was like, cause my mother was a teacher and I was like, how do you think life would be different if every kid just had a half an hour, an hour with a therapist once a week, like every kid okay. in an elementary school, like it would be a game changer, right? Like yeah. just going in there and, and having someone work through frameworks and different things. So, so I, <laughs> I, I agree with you on that particular front. I think it's, it's huge. Um, and mindset's just so big, right? If you don't get the mindset right. And I think a lot of people want to skip over it. They want to skip to the action. But so much of it for me is who you're being within what you're doing, not just what you're doing. And if you skip that piece, you just never really have that power that you're talking about. It's true. I mean, it, it is everything. And it's that cornerstone. It's that foundation of things that you need to build on, right? Like you can have all the business tools. You can know everything about everything, but if your mind's not right, if you are not, you know, if you, if you are not clear on what you are doing and you do not have like a respect for yourself and what you are doing, like you're going to be fighting. If you're not in tune to that, that side of things, like it is, it is key to getting, you know, everything else in a row, you've got to start with your mindset and you have to start with self care and self love. You can't fill everyone else's bucket if yours is empty. Yeah. I call it the lifeguard thing, right? Like if you're, if you're so busy running around saving everyone else and and wearing yourself out, then when you have to go save someone who's drowning, you can't because you're all worn out. So you you do need to take care of you and foundations. Go ahead. You know, sorry, I was going to say in our culture too, there is this hustle mindset, right? There's this, <laughs> I can do everything. And as entrepreneurs, like we all do everything, right? I mean, and that's how businesses start. Like you, you are at this point, there's, there's always a point where you do have to do a lot of things and we hustle and we work very hard. I don't think I've ever met harder working people than entrepreneurs. Like we're crazy sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But in order for a business to really go to that next level, first of all, we have to stop hustling so much all the time, right? We do have to learn to delegate because if I'm spending all my time hustling and doing and just running on this um, rat race, right? I'm going to wear myself out. Sure. You're going to, you're going to burn out. So really that next step is switching that mindset to me from being an entrepreneur to being a CEO. Like once I started calling myself a CEO, it was a game changer. Mm. Just personally, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm the business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I do this and I do that. And then one day I was talking to somebody and she was like, no, you're, you're a CEO. I was like, hell yeah, I'm a CEO. (laughs) And so once I, and it's mindset, right? Like it's just a word. But it was that switch to me to say, okay, instead of me being over here doing all this doing, I'm going to start delegating, start sticking, like, instead of asking myself, how am I going to get this done? I've asked myself, who can get this done? Mm. Right? So, Mm. I mean, we run a pretty decently sized, um, not just brick and mortar space, but online as well. We operate our online out of a warehouse. So we've got two separate it's one business, but it's in essence, two different businesses. Right. Right. And I could spend all my day doing if I wanted to, but I don't, I spend it designing the business, designing what I want it to look like and really focusing on getting the messaging out there as our prime form of marketing. Awesome. Well, I I love that. 
So um, before we wrap up here, you've mentioned this a couple of times, uh, this idea of diet culture and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's a really, it's kind of a crazy thing to me because I've come to think that diet means temporary and temporary never works for anything. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but there's this, this diet culture of like the newest and latest diet. And it's probably the same four things recycled, you know, low fat or yeah. low carb or low sugar right. or, or whatever, you know, these extreme versions of that. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on diet culture. Cause I'm sure you've studied it like that much. Mm-hmm, just a um, little bit. Yeah. And maybe give us a framework of how to, how to think about that a little differently. If you have, have something you want to contribute there. Yeah. So diet culture is huge in our society and what diet culture is, is it's the worshiping of thinness. Mm-hmm. So equating living in a smaller body to somehow being morally superior than living in a larger body, yeah. it's become about morals and our mission is to stop diet culture to, I like to say smash because I think that sounds better, uh, <laughs> smashing diet culture and really driving that message home of people in all bodies are beautiful. People in all bodies deserve to feel beautiful. We deserve to have that respect for ourselves and love and accept ourselves as we are. So I'm working really, really hard to help empower specifically women, but people Mm -hmm. in all bodies really to love and accept themselves as they are. Because once we do that, once I free up all that mental energy that I spend obsessing about my weight, obsessing about my body or whatever I'm obsessing about, all that mental energy can now be put in to what I am passionate about. Mm -hmm. So in talking to business owners, it's all that mental energy you are spending on your diet, on your weight, on whatever, whatever, whatever. Think about if you freed up that mental energy, where could you put that? You know, freeing that all up really lets us step into our power, step into our passion and drive us forward and really make a bigger difference, whatever that is for you. You know, we all have different areas where we're um, passionate about but really being able to dive further into that with that mental energy that we're clearing, clearing out space for. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I can totally see that. I mean, that would just be a massive resource drain. Um, I don't, thankfully don't spend too much time on that particular thing, but I have some mm-hmm. things that are probably equally toxic that I spend a lot of time on. And I'm like, you know, if I just wasn't wasting all this energy on that, I yeah. could really put this to good use. Seriously. Right? We all have something like that. And whether it's, you know, whether it's diet culture or again, whatever it is for you, it's like recognizing, recognizing that stuff and realizing that it's not, it's not serving us. Like me obsessing that I gained five pounds. First of all, who the hell cares? Second of all, like what's it, what's it serving me? What, yeah. what good is it doing to me? And where can I put that energy instead? I'm going to put it into figuring out how to make some more money, right? And figuring <laughs> out how to launch my business further. You know, that's, that's what's more important. Yeah. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. It's kind of the idea of really focusing on what you're for rather mm-hmm. than what you're against. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I love that. Well, Julie, I, I love all the things you shared, some really good frames and some, you know, swings around the mind and, and the way that you can think about things. I, I love it. Um, if for people who want to know more about you, connect with you, see what you guys are up to, where's the best place for them to connect with you again? Our Instagram. 
Our Instagram is definitely where we are the most active. And that's just um, at Mary Rose NW, like Northwest Boutique. So Mary Rose NW Boutique is our Instagram. Definitely the best place to follow us along, see all of our exciting things that we are doing over at the boutique. Awesome. Awesome. So one last thing I like to do, I like to give everybody who's on the show you know, 30 to 90 seconds to say anything that you want to say, whether it's related to what we talk about or not. Uh, If you're excited about the new Pokemon cards that came out, that's fine too. Uh, I don't even know that much about Pokemon cards, but some people are into them, I guess. Um, (laughs) Anyway, if you, if you could speak to the listeners and just tell them what's on your, on your mind and on your heart, what would you say? I want to tell everybody that's listening that you are enough exactly as you are forget what everything in the media tells you about you need to fit in this box you need to fit in that box and if i just lost 10 pounds then i will love myself right Mm -hmm. if this then this no 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 time is now you can love yourself now you can accept your body as it is go buy those pants that are a size bigger who cares because none of that makes you who you are right? You are worthy exactly as you are. And you deserve to love yourself in the body that you are in. And you can feel beautiful and confident. Awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for, uh, for sharing that and for sharing everything that you, uh, you offered today. And Julie, it's just been a real pleasure to have you on the show. So thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Big Life Show. If you're a six or seven figure business owner who'd like to be on the show, we'd love to talk about it. Just visit biglifefinancial.com slash guest to get the ball rolling. And if you heard something you loved on the show today, don't be shy about sharing it. And if you do, be sure to use the hashtag smallbusinessbiglife so we can see that you're sharing the love. And heck, if we swoon over your post, we might even pass it on to our many thousands of followers to help share the love and the spotlight with you. Speaking of love, if you like today's show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. You know why? Because then you'll never miss another episode and you can get all the motivation, inspiration, and insights with every new episode. Also, if you want to see everything else we're up to on YouTube, social media, or even in real life, you can always visit us at biglifefinancial.com. Well, that's it for today. My name's Derek Van Ness, and I want to personally thank you for being a part of the small business Big Life movement. Now get out there, create more than you consume, love people more than you need to, and believe in magic because yes, it does exist.